The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Wednesday, 29th of April. The Fujicast. Hello, it's episode 99, Kev. 99. Tomorrow is three digits. Yeah, I know. There are not many podcasts that actually make the 100 Club. And I'm not talking about that download, but I'm talking about that as in episode numbers. There are not many um, that, that reach 100 at all. Nah. Most seven is the uh, is the magic number. Um, they say if you get past episode seven, then you stand a chance of having some sort of consistency in a run. But to get to a hundred is is quite a special number. Now we would have um, we would have celebrated this, of course, <laughs> usually. Um, and but it would have been um, because we wouldn't have been doing weekly if none of this stuff was going on in the world. Would have been doing every Monday still, and we wouldn't have been celebrating this until January twenty twenty one. So a little yes. bit, a little bit ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, there we go. Who who knows? We might even make two hundred of this right before twenty twenty one. Oh no! Don't say that. No, 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 no. Well, it's only another three months. <laughs> oh, look, I, I sound like the fellow of the Gradibli. No, 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 yes. no. Who was the fellow in that? And then, then he said, yes, you're right. Who was that? Oh, he was so funny, that guy. He was died, haven't they? Well, yeah. Apart from, apart from her. Um, Wasn't he the verger? Was he the verger? No, no, that was Alice. Oh, Alice. Oh, God, yes. No, she's passed oh, as well. Really yeah. young, yeah. Oh, no, Bless terrible, her. terrible. All uh, right. Well, um, welcome to the Fuji Cast, the daily show at the moment, because during lockdown, uh, Kev said, "Let's go daily," and so we did. Instead of uh, every Monday, it's uh, yes, You've it's been blaming me for this. I'm it, sure well, it was no, your idea. No, it has to be you. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's a show that's kind of about Fuji film, but kind of really just about photography in this in this lockdown time. Uh, and everybody who, whatever you shoot, whatever flavour you sport, are very very welcome. Today being a Wednesday. Wednesday, uh, we've got uh, the third daily photo challenge of the week, the last of the, the um, of the of the, da- of the daily photo challenges, because we have a new challenge from next week. And last night we actually discussed what that will be, um, so we'll let you know that if we remember before the end of the show. And as it's a Wednesday, it's uh, another one of Kev's mountain of books you should buy when it's safe to spend money again. Feature this one you promised to do the other day, didn't you? Yeah, this is one that cropped up in conversation, didn't it? And yeah. also, it's not one that's going to cost. Uh, arm and a leg, yeah. as they would say in the East End of London. So th- it won't cost you thirteen hundred quid, like like was it last week or the week before? Yeah, thirteen hundred quid last week. Yeah. <laughs> so the, today a, sli- a slightly different one. You sound like you got a waterfall in the background there. Let everybody be uh, quiet for a second. Can you hear that? It's like a rushing of water. Is it really it, raining where you are? No, it's uh, it has been raining. It's Rosa in the kitchen. I'm just going to give her a bit of a. No, 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 no. Hang on, no, because no, I think she's on the phone to a friend. Is she? Um, oh, we yeah. can hear the whole conversation then, wouldn't we? Rosa, sweetheart. <laughs> oh dear, we we gonna, I tell you what, we're going to miss all this normality when we go back to just you and me in this in the same studio. Gemma we, said to me yesterday. She hmm. said, um, "Well, I think." She was kind of stood stood over me, looking at me in my my desk with my you know my, my glass of ale and my yeah. my computers and things. She kind of stood there and said, um, "I think it'd be all right for you to go back to the studio, you know." <laughs> <laughs> and I and I looked I looked back at her and I said, "What?" And she said, "Yeah, well, you know, you you're by yourself there. You're not, it's not dangerous." No. 
Well, she's right. I know. And I was like, yeah, but you've got to walk there and back. And, you know, I'd end up going to get lunch and, you know, and end up kind of mm. talking to people that are around. And I said, I get the feeling that, that you don't really want me and my massive <laughs> computer and all my mess at the end of the living room table. Yeah, I think that's more likely. <laughs> and she just kind of, uh, yeah, she yeah. just basically agreed. <laughs> Did she? Yeah. See you later, Kev. But I w- I'd be sad in the studio by myself. Yeah. I like being here. Yeah. Well, I think, it's, yeah. You know. Well, it's one nice day you're going to have to get used to actually going back to work at some stage. That's going to be a, you know... I'm not going to be very good at that, that I don't <laughs> think. That, that returning to normality is going to be very hard for me. And so I'll be, well, I don't think Albie could ever go back to school. He's, oh, he yeah. He yeah. mention the word school. He, he, he breaks out into a cold sweat. Sam mentioned it the other day. She said, um, she's, she, I was on, it was last Thursday, I think. She said, oh, good news. Um, she said it with a straight face. She said, your teachers have just said you can go back tomorrow. And he was like, "How about new?" <laughs> just sharp, sharp look of panic in his face. Um, I think we've got another three or four weeks. I, th- I think the the thought is that um, that um, some children will be returning after what would be ha- the next half term. Is that what you've heard? Uh, I haven't heard that officially, but that's that's why I'm ge- I'm kind of working on that assumption. Yeah. Also, yeah, 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 I think I think it'll be the little ones first, um, and only some of them as well. But who knows? Whatever, yeah. it's all well, weird. You've got to say now what will be will be. That's another T-shirt. It's, yes. it's almost from Kev a meme. Yeah, um, Mimi. It's a Mimi. <laughs> Caroline Stromhilden has um, that's a that's a good name. That's a, that's a good Nordic name. Yes, greetings from Norway, Caroline Stromhilden. Thank you so much for the the all the inspiration, the information, entertainment your podcast brings to my skiing or running workouts. Are you still skiing in Norway at the moment? Wow. I mean, th- this this email only arrived very very recently, so. I guess there's still snow. Yeah, well, they were, uh, well just about. I, pho- I photographed a wedding in Norway in, in July, right up in the nor- in the Arctic Circle, and yeah. there was snow there then. Well, yeah, that's, I suppose it depends where Caroline lives, doesn't it? You're absolutely right. I'm thinking about the place that we regularly go to every year in, in Norway, and around about sort of late March, it starts to um, start it starts to sort of curtail, really. Um, I tell you what, those, those Nordic types, Kev, they have got thighs that could crack walnuts. Have you seen them? Um, well, you, you haven't been skiing recently, I know, but but in in Norway they do a lot of cro- cross country skiing. Oh yeah, and they yeah. have these these the, the, the whole family like it doesn't matter whether you're nine and you're a, a, a young Ben or whether you're uh, whether whether you're I don't know in your thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies. They just look so hyper fit. They they just ski up the hill. Mm, it's a very very healthy country, isn't it? <laughs> That's unbelievable. She says, "I'm curious to know your opinion about the following. I'm working my way toward a more concise editing style. For black and white, I want to decide my go-to preset to either be based on one of the Fujifilm or Adobe profiles. Now, I thought this would be a good question for you because we were talking about this only yesterday. I prefer the look I instantly get from the Fujifilm profile, and wonder if I will regret using a profile where I've given up access to the black and white mix sliders. What are your thoughts? So she's shooting raw, yep. or she's shooting she's shooting raw, and she's choosing one of the Adobe or the, the Fujifilm Fujifilm or Adobe in, the, in yeah. the camera profile setting yeah, of yeah, Lightroom. Yeah. Now, when you do that, you you're basically saying to Adobe, please emulate as close as possible the uh, the, the, the the set you know what a JPEG would look like out of the camera. And she's right, you do you do lose you know if you go for a, um, a black and white profile, then you're you're kind of going to l- limit yourself on the settings that you've got. However, what I do typically for my black and white stuff, if I'm using the Fujifilm cameras, which of course I'm always am, if I'm shooting raw with them. Yeah is i i use the um 
I typically go for a color profile. Believe this, if I'm going to uh, edit for black and white. So I'll go into the camera profile area and I'll select a, I'll select one of the, the kind of more vibrant uh, color film profiles like uh, the Velvia or Classic Chrome. Um, and I will then desaturate that. So I'll, I'll select a color profile, go back to the, the develop module, and just desaturate it all the way down, um, and that way I've got more control over the over the tones. I find mm. that's the way I do it. Um, however, if you're shooting raw, you can always change your mind anyway, can't you? So it's it's not really a it's not really a, a big issue. I would find. Right. Um, I've I, I've been struggling with this stuff for the last few days because I've been trying to to work on a, a consistent preset, um, and it's it's hard. Will this preset be available? Will it will it be a Kev availability? preset or one for you for your eyes only i'm not sure yeah it's okay. it's very hard work because i'm trying to do it properly with profiles and stuff yeah. and it's, it's it's like i need to be a brain surgeon to be able to understand it all <laughs> you're not in the right place at the moment not with your ale on a desk that's for sure um the daily hotline from ali in brackets female and favorite listener jingle close brackets has revealed this one today look you know ali comes along in buses doesn't she really uh, you don't get anything for ages then three in a row hi kevin neil it's me again still loving the daily podcast i am looking forward to the 100th episode not long to wait it's like christmas time one more sleep to 100 one more sleep to 100 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna oh. join the captain tong club <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think he's far more important than us yeah, absolutely yes <laughs> kev mentioned this on this morning's show uh that he thinks probably people going to weddings will have to wear masks if the country you are in requires them i'm just wondering how that's going to work though i mean how can you eat a canapé sip champagne or eat your wedding meal while wearing a mask Maybe a mask with a straw-sized hole in the middle so you could drink would do the trick, but it would defeat the purpose of the mask. I think Ali's being slightly flippant here. I tell you what, though, wearing a mask, uh, I think, Kev, will come in handy at weddings. Yeah. Can, can it, but, but there's one particular guest I think it's going to come in very handy with. Do you know the one that always wants to share his photography tips? <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I can't, I, can't, I can't hear you. Through the mask, no. Come back in 2021 when I can hear you properly. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. So it's a valid point, isn't it? It's it's <laughs> What's nobody's a valid point? look. Nobody looks particularly attractive with a face mask on. They all look like Hannibal Lecter. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you, although you could key them nicely to your wedding outfit, of course. There we go. I see a whole new business in this. I have another thing to ask. I think this is a serious question. Where is the stop-down button on the XT2 and XT3, the depth of field preview button? I know what that is, Ali. Isn't that on the front? Isn't there the little button on the front? Then you have to assign it via a uh, custom function. Yeah, it's an assignable one, isn't it? Yeah, is custom. It? go into your custom functions and assign it. Usually, it used to be, there used to be a dedicated button on the front. Yeah. I think you assign it now. If you want to use the same one, there is a button on the front yeah. that you can just assign it to. Um, pretty sure about that. I don't. I've never used that button. I've never used a stop-down function, so I don't know. But I'm, I'm like 99.9% sure that's the way you do it. You used to use the stop-down though with your DSLRs, did you? Or? No. No. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, David Parry. Now, um, I checked on this. David Parry is, is a professor, and this is what I found out. Um, th these are the kind of these are the kind of people we're now attracting. Actually, Kev, to this show. I'm an associate professor of communication. He didn't write this in the email because that would be rather odd. I just found it on his website. I'm an associate professor of communication and department media at St. Joseph's uh, University, which is in Penn. Uh, my, my work centres on understanding the complex cultural transformations brought about by the change from an analogue communication structure to one whose substructure is a digital network. 
What? I tell you what, that that deserves this. Very lardy dark. It is very lardy dark. (laughs) Oh, you lost me at I, actually. (laughs) First, as you now, this is to to do with Ali's message just a moment ago. As you've probably heard from so many others lately, I really appreciate your podcast, not just for the photography bit, but the more general daily conversation. Set up to the rhythm to my week. Uh, I start my day while walking uh, walking the dog. Anyway, on masks, I thought I'd drop this in because there's a stateside thing on masks because we did mention it the other day. Heard you talking about it on the show. I thought I'd supply the American context here. Very state by state. But in my state, Pennsylvania, if you're in public, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. And if in a store shopping, um, it is definitely required. But you are right. There is a mask shortage. You can't buy them. So most people make their own. And they're getting some from businesses that are retooling to provide them. And they sent me an article, which is all really about the fact that the, the key to wearing masks is not about stopping you from getting it. It's about you spreading it to others. So it, it does make sense in this whole fight, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's what I said, didn't I? It's, yes, it it's, it's to stop it. And in fact, like in places like Japan and stuff, a lot of people have been wearing masks for a long time since yeah. the um, since the, the, the original SARS mm. uh, Mm. back in whenever it was 2000 whatever five yeah, i think yeah. um but yes it's not um it, it's not to to avoid catching it it's to avoid spreading it typically mm. so um yeah i think that's that's kind of the benefit of it but, but yeah i mean if you can't get them how are they going to say you know you've got to wear them i know that some countries have, have actually you know said that now yeah. that, and in fact today i've just looked at um the scottish government have um have said that you know they're going to recommend but recommend is is fluffy isn't it mm. recommend that everybody wears a mask that's the way they get out of it see they say we recommend you wear a mask yeah that's 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 like you know if they say you have to then they have to supply them if we say we recommend it then they're leaving the burden up to us um, it's a little bit like when the government first shut down the pubs. They said, we recommend you do not go to the pubs. Yeah. And then none of the pubs could or restaurants could claim on their insurance because it wasn't a, a government um, a, a decision. So it was just a recommendation. And so they were all up in arms, weren't they, of course, saying, well, you can't just recommend because nobody's going to come and we can't get any money from well, anywhere. Well, they essentially protected the insurance industry, didn't they? Because that's what all the hoo-ha is in the wedding industry. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So it's, you know, it's it, they can't. You know, it it can't be that hard to make a mask, surely. I don't, you know, obviously I don't know, but surely it can't be that hard to make a lot of masks and, you know. I think a lot lot more are coming in. Um, But, of course, the the protection equipment that uh, that our dear NHS and all the other health uh, professionals around the world need is... It's perhaps not the same as just the, the simple, humble mask, although that would be a good start for some people. But, um, yeah. The, fe- the fellow on Gogglebox made one out of his socks. Did he? <laughs> yeah, he did a good job of it, Which one on Gogglebox? I love that show. Uh, the um, the man who lives in a caravan with his with his uh, lady, not, oh, not yeah. lady friend, but the old lady who is his friend. No, I just think of him as feet. Because <laughs> I... Yeah. Yeah, I only, ever, I only ever see his feet. Yeah, he. Uh, I love that program. I have to say, it's really there, good. Now, there's there is a program that you can it, it can still be made, can't it? It's just that's you know in, in lockdown it makes no difference because they're just in watching telly. Well, it's really interesting though if you watch it. Um, some of the characters have disappeared, like the oh. um, I think they may be a, a Iranian family, 
and there was there's basically two brothers and an older guy an older man um who's the father and he's just disappeared he's just no longer in it right. no mention of him or anything right um and probably because he doesn't live with them in real t- in real life oh um, he will be in his 70s yeah. and the two brothers are sitting in different places and you know the whole the whole thing about goggle box is yeah. that everybody always sits in the same place it's a bit simpsons like isn't it yeah, and they're all sat in different places. And then you've got the two sisters from Manchester who are, they used to be on um, very one end of the armchairs, really close to each other. And now they're at the other end of the armchairs, really right. far away from each other. Um, yeah, so there's definitely uh, some stuff going on. But they, they clearly don't have a you know a production team or anything they've just yeah. got a camera on the top of their tv and they get sent stuff to watch yeah and switch the switch it all on and and just record it yeah what it, how it must be the cheapest program in the world to make that's probably <laughs> the think, most successful program in i the think world. it does take a long long time to edit i think but um oh, you know, i'm sure it does it, yeah but it's a it, it's it, it is a great great concept the daily show photo challenge okay wednesday so um we have three more of these and uh, then there's a brand new challenge from next week, which we'll, we'll spill the beans on in a moment. So <laughs> please be more inventive than you have been the last couple of days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so last week, which was the 22nd of April, yes. we had uh, the, the, um, the, the message was, uh, <laughs> write a message to us with today's date. Oh, yes, show it. yes. Um, I don't think that went down very well because we only had 21 entries. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. Is that all we had? We've been used yeah. to be 150, 200 some days. Yeah. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, and so it was quite easy for me to skip through them. I loved the one from Elizabeth Gray, which is a, a picture of, I think it's a cat's foot or either that or she's got a, a tiger or something in her house right. point, poking out the bottom of her, her uh, blanket and she's typed a little message. April 22nd, 2020. It's raining. I really don't want to get out of bed, um, <laughs> which was quite sweet. There was there was one from Jeremy Baker, which I think was uh, not necessarily taken on the same day, um, which was basically a set of sheep in a field. And he's just overtyped their, their branding. You know, you sheeps get branded with numbers oh yeah he's just typed it with 22nd the fourth 20 um you cheat <laughs> there was one from scott rollins um and his was a glass of wine which is very out of focus but you can just about see the, the words um and on top was a lego man in full diving suit about to dive <laughs> into a, a glass of red wine oh, I see. Uh, and, and the sign on it says happy earth day 2020 uh 22nd of the 4th 2020 i was not aware it was earth day it as was well earth day oh ah, that's usually when everybody turn their turns their lights out and it's a big hoo-ha isn't it but yeah. didn't see it a thing no. bill stringer he posted a um a book kind of dedication and on his finger which is pointing at the book he has written 22 4 20 and the dedication said everyone is a bit scared said the horse Hmm. But we are less scared together. Oh, I like that. Everybody's a bit scared, but they're less scared together. Correct. <gasps> Is that the one that does it for you? Yeah. Good. Yeah, I think so. That was nice. Um, so there was a there was a handful of those. Yeah. Good. So right. all good. Well done. You're good. very good, good, good people. Good, good, good. Right. Um, da- daily challenge. Uh, Wednesday. Come on. Next one. Uh, it took me ages to think of this. No, please don't make it be what I'm thinking it's going to be. Today, today, <laughs> your challenge is to take a picture that emphasises the number three. Don't be a cutie pie. Three. <laughs> three. These have been quite good. Some people have been very creative. Oh. Uh, three. So it doesn't have to be the number. It could be the number. But we want you to be a little bit more creative. It could hmm. be three ducks in a row. 
could be uh, something very abstract or contextual. Could be Ooh, just picture of three yeah. of your kids, yeah. whatever. Don't know, but the number three. You've just reminded me, actually, the the ducks in a row thing. My grandma um, in Enfield um, had um, had the three ducks, the flying ducks on the wall, which were very popular, weren't they? At, at one stage in in British history, Coronation um, Street. Yeah, on the wall, didn't you? But I, yeah, I tell you what. Um, when now I recently saw three ducks on a wall, uh, one of the local antique centres. Do you want to have mm. a guess at how much those those three original ducks were? Oh, I don't know. Thousand pounds? No, not not quite that much. But uh, three three hundred pounds, just shy of three hundred pounds. Which, when you consider, you can get these things. Or I always thought you could get these things at car boot sales for, I don't know, five five pound at the most. That's an enormous amount of money. I mean, three ducks on a wall. Was one of them was one of them hanging down at, at an odd angle because the nail had slipped. Yeah, that's the way they were, wasn't it? <laughs> oh dear, those things in your grandma's house that would have been worth an absolute fortune now. So um, we've got another question. Before we do that, let's do this week's book. So, um, so it, it, it being a Wednesday, it's um, a, another chance to hear from Kev's mountain of books you should buy when it's safe to spend money again feature. And this week, here's one you can actually afford. <laughs> yes. So we already mentioned this book briefly. It came up uh, in question last week. I can't remember in what context. However, I mentioned a book by a photographer called Peter Zalewski. I'm definitely sure I've got that wrong. Peter Zelaweski. Well, we'll go with Um, it. It's a Hoxton mini press book, so readily available. And it's called People of London. Mm. And the question was, I think the question was from uh, Helen, wasn't it? About how do you just uh, approach people in the streets to take portraits? Mm. Okay. uh, So so this is what this book is all about. It's literally, um, I should give you the page count. It's one of those nine books with no page numbers. (laughs) I'm going to guess at maybe One, 200 pages. Two, three, <laughs> yeah. four. Um, and it's it's very, uh, uh, they, they look to be straight out of camera pictures. They're very good, technically very good. Mm. Lots of depth of field, good consideration of light and background, but all natural light. There's no fancy processing. There's no kind of, uh, you know, black and whites or anything like that. It's just simple pictures of, of simple people. And I don't mean simple as in simple. I mean, they're just normal people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's really nice, actually, really nice, because because of that, it's really nice that they're not all, uh, you know, models or anything like that. They're literally people that he's approached in the street. So I'm looking at, oh, it's no point, I can't tell you what page it is, but I've just turned. One, and, two. And the, the one page I'm on is two people right, okay. <laughs> called Lorenko and Thomas. They are buskers, but they are identical twins. Ah. Um, so that's interesting. And each picture has a little um, quote from the, the person in the, in the picture as well. See, this, so is Luke, what, this is what I love about this book, is the quotes. Because he, yeah. he was interviewing them as well as photographing them. So Luke is a tattoo artist, yeah. and uh, he looks like a tattoo artist. He's, he's ginger with lots of tattoos and um, funky clothes on. And his quote says, I became a skinhead when I was seven years old. Yeah. My mum and dad are both skinheads, and so are my grandparents. Oh. I love hearing their magical stories about the first generation of skinheads. Yeah. I can't ever imagine not being a skinhead. <laughs> uh, Nor can I. So, yeah, that was his. <laughs> um, I'll do one more. Uh, oh, interestingly, Rothio, who is a photographer. Wow. Um, very pretty lady. And it, this says, uh, are you allowed to say that these days? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> really ugly lady. Um, no. <laughs> she's not. She's very pretty. Uh, I, no. I, I don't know who, uh, certainly not anybody I've ever met, although she's a photographer. Yeah. Yeah. And her quote says, leaving my hometown in Italy and moving to London and going freelance was like starting from year zero. Mm. I learned about self-confidence, uh, uh, perseverance, and most importantly, 
patience. Um, I would imagine she's learning a lot more about patience these days. Yeah. And then there's Anne, who just says retired, and she looks uh, she looks a little downtrodden, a little bit sad in the eyes. Um, and her quote says, and it's interesting, you can see, you look at their picture first, and you yeah. can almost see their personality, and then you read the quote. And her quote says, I've had my share of knocks in life. Yeah. I left my abusive husband in Glasgow in the 60s with no money and just my two sons. Oh, my we jumped on the back of a lorry bound to London. Tough as it was, we managed to survive. I'm 77 now, suffered a stroke last year, but I'm still up at 6.30 a.m. every day. I'm not wasting the precious time I have left living, lying in bed. Life is for living. Do, do you know, I, I love the interview part of this book because um, mm. I, I love people's stories. I know when we initially were the Facebook group, which... Um, which you're very welcome. We haven't talked about this for a while, actually. We do have a Facebook group, the Fujicast Facebook group, and it's a really safe place for people to go because with the help of our amazing moderators, Steve and Peter, we have always been very sharp. I know we've missed the odd one, I'm sure, but to jump on any of that silliness that can sometimes occur in Facebook groups where people, you know, when, when a question's asked, they say, oh, don't you know that? What's the matter with you? None of that happens, does it? And and um, and we we did have a, a rule. We still have a rule that when you have a pitch, you have to have some context to it, like the stories that Kev's talking about at the moment. And I think it's a really important part for me of, of as the pictures. I know that a picture paints a thousand words and all that kind of stuff, but but it's 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 really nice to hear the stories, isn't it? To get some context, understand why why the picture was taken, or who's in the picture, and all that kind of stuff. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I get really motivated by this book. Now I'm not sure if Peter. I can't. I'm just looking for the date of publication of the book, but mm. I can't. I can't seem to find it. It must be there somewhere. But I'm not sure if, even though this is called People of London, now of course there's People of New York, right? Which yeah. is a very very famous Facebook group, mm. which is where this all started. Mm, and and mm. the guy would just go out and i think originally with a very very basic camera um totally random people and their stories mm. now i don't know whether this was before that or whether this was born of that idea i, I thought whatever. this was born of it actually i would i would have thought sure. so however yeah. this is this is a big body of work so yeah. i don't know where when um you know when people uh, people of london and people of new york are, i don't know well, anyway it doesn't really matter but they're, yeah. they're very similar yeah. um and the other book in the series is of course the hoxton mini press is uh are called on the night bus which is oh, yes. um yeah. friend of the shows yeah. nick turpin's book nick turpin i keep wanting to uh I mean, we must get nick turpin on the show actually i want to, we i want to talk to him that's a fab about, book as well about, yeah he, in fact remember when we went to brighton and Nick Turpin came there, and um, we, we nipped off for a couple of seconds, had some fish and chips, and Nick showed me um, his portfolio, including this book. It was one of the best fish and chip um, meals that I've I've ever had. I think just sat there looking at photos of Nick's. It, yeah, it was. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's good amazing. He's a very yeah, good. Photographer. He's a very, very good photographer. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Is hold that on. Nick? No, hold on. Yeah. Hello. Sorry, Kevin's complaint. Hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll have a word. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You can't say those words, no. Yeah. <laughs> Which ones in particular did you not like? Pretty, yeah, yeah. Oh, and simple. Okay, I'll, I'll let him know. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people of London feel that it's a bit unfair you describe them as simple. <laughs> I like to say pretty girls or simple people. <laughs> Marku, last one, Marku Honkala. On, uh, yes, Ma Marku Honkala. This is uh, Marku from. Um, here's, here's a little test for you, Kev. 
let's see how i think your knowledge will be good on this the um the the web uh, what do you call it the the um uh the bit at the end like dot com what's it called the um the country code you yeah, have country code what's yeah. uh, okay dot Te- technically it's a uh, tld tld top level domain correct yes dot iki dot fi where's that from well dot fi is finland but i don't know what dot iki dot fi is um uh, oh, well, there might be one of the Finlandy little islands. Yes, it is. Have, it's uh, Icky Island. Like Faroe Islands or something. I- Icky Island. Icky Island. Icky Island. Isn't that great? Yeah. I've never heard of it, but presumably Finland owns Icky Island then. Yeah, they do. And Mark, who lives there. Um, oh, yeah. Um, two things. Uh, please note your contact form. Uh, <laughs> did you see this, by the way? Our contact form is still, uh, is still referencing our one-year party, apparently. Ah. And, and he's quite keen to come to it. <laughs> yes well watch is this it, space with the website is it still open he says <laughs> <laughs> my dancing fingers are working very hard right now yeah well we've got some very exciting news coming up haven't we very exciting news very 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 so very i'm gonna press this button meme um question number two simple question is it well it's not actually i think this could be a long expanded chat is a camera just a tool some say it is, or should be, just a tool. As in, the photographer maketh the image. A camera merely records the photographer's intent to the best of uh, its limited technical abilities. Is it so? Is it for you? Marku. Well, that, I mean, that, that could be a, a whole programme in itself. Uh, yes, um, I think it is a tool. Mm. Um, so I'm what? trying to find the quote. There was a quote. I'm trying to find um, who said it. I can't remember. I, I have a feeling... It was um Money Mark Mark who's only just bought an X Pro three, a companion and not just a tool. But would the X Pro two have been just as good had you hung on to it? Well the um I'm sure it was Ansel Adams who said this. I'm sure it is, but it, I might be slightly wrong. Um and he said something like and I may even have got the quote a little bit wrong. He said the most important part of the camera is the six inches behind it. <laughs> yeah. Um which I agree with. Yeah, I think it's it's a tool. I mean anybody who knows me or see my cameras know that they get battered Properly, within an inch yeah. of their lives Properly. you know i don't i have no no kind of affiliation with them as objects of of um uh, you know fashion so they, they yeah it, it's a tool yeah of course it's a tool i agree with that um, i i spoke to Stuart bingham uh, earlier today for an interview that will come out uh, next i think next weekend um Stuart bingham runs a really successful and he's a terrific commercial photographer in the north uh, northeast uh, of England, and um, he um, at the end of the interview, and I didn't talk to him about kit at all. We just I thought you meant the snooker player. I have uh, to say. Uh, no, there is a Stuart Bingham uh, snooker player. You're right. No, this isn't that Stuart Bingham. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, at the end of the interview, he said, "Oh, you didn't ask me the, the one question I thought you would ask me." And I said, "What's that, Stuart?" And he said, "Well, I brought in the camera bag, especially." He said he didn't ask me anything about the kit I use, mm. and I hadn't. I, I, I'd sort of because of late, I've been asking that question such a lot. Um, I thought, well, sometimes people just want to hear about the photography, not necessarily the kit. But he's, he's. Um, I should have asked because he is a prolific Fuji user, um, and he still uses his XT2. And I said, 
Well, you've not traded up to the XT3 or the 4 for, for all this amazing sort of everything from uh, in, incredible work he does for real estate photography right through to portraits. Um, he's photographed the royal family and all that kind of, kind of stuff. And he said, no, no, XT2, that's good enough for me. Uh, and and he, he did have that opinion. He said, it's just a tool. I did, you know, I don't want to spend money on stuff. He said, if I spend money, he said, I really like the look of the XT4. He said, but if I spend money on it, Andreas, close your ears at this point. But if I if I spend money on it, that could be a mortgage payment. Oh, or, or yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, it's interesting that I feel that, um, and I don't mean this in any negative way, okay, but I feel that people who are full-time professional photographers, i.e. their entire income is made by clicking the button on the camera, yeah. have different opinions of their cameras than people who perhaps are hobbyists yeah. and have a, another income. Uh, and that's that's not that's not a criticism in any way shape or form it's just an observation yeah i I think you're more likely to keep your gear for a little bit longer aren't you because you want to you want to maximize the return out of them having said that don't stop buying cameras because uh otherwise it's gonna oh sorry hold on hold on (laughs) hello (laughs) yeah yeah no i i apologize yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i'll i'll tell him as well yeah yeah bye Andreas. <laughs> you're, you're really bored, aren't you? <laughs> I love that button thing. I, that, do you know the other day when we asked the question, what would you what would you walk out the room with if it was on fire? Um, I'd have to take my jingle button machine, wouldn't I? <laughs> you know, I, I, I know I'm in for a bad day with you when I get a message from you. And it's, it's like, so this morning's message was at 5.56am. Uh, oh, God, I was up early. Yeah, I know. know that, yeah, but bear in mind, the last message that I sent to you and we were still chatting about was about 20 past one in the morning. 20 past one? Oh, my God. Yeah. Was it, was it really so that-, that late? Yeah, so that was only <laughs> basically four and a half hours later. You're back at your desk, and I'm thinking, oh no, he's he's excited about something. He's got a new jingle. He's got some idea, and you know, I could just see you bouncing out of bed after four hours sleep. You know, looking all prim and proper. You don't need to worry about brushing your hair or anything. Do your teeth. Straight down to the studio. Sam's lying in bed all groggy, and you're like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm gonna practice ringing my phone. Ring my phone. <laughs> oh, do you know we, what we the one thing uh, in the part? That's the end of the show for this week. Um, should we? mention the thing that we were going to do next week as the challenge do you want to do it daily or do you want to do it as a weekly thing the caption competition uh you explained it yeah this i'm handing this over to you all right <laughs> no well, i thought if you explained it then you'll you'll automatically take ownership of it you see exactly yeah. <laughs> um next week uh we we want some funny photos so it's down to you you need to send them when we want to feature your photos i did find some i've got some but i'd much rather feature yours wouldn't we kev we'd much rather feature theirs yes um so funny pictures pictures you've taken which which really do demand a caption um we want the listeners in the facebook group to add a caption to your photos so that's what we're going to do from monday Uh, i'll see if we're brave enough to do it five days a week if we get a lot of photos we certainly will if we get a couple we'll just do it as a weekly thing because you can make images we'll add those images to the show notes as well so people who who are not on facebook can can have a look on the website yes very important and um, if you're sending the images in, which you will be, send them in by email, please, to click at fujicast.co.uk. Uh, it's the only way we'll, we'll have them, please. Click at fujicast.co.uk. Good idea. Well done. So, well done. Look forward to you dealing with that every day next week. <laughs> <laughs> can I bat it across? Boom. 
But, but you're working on the other special secret thing, and I know that's going to take. What did you say? 150 hours of your time. Oh, maybe more. Probably, probably years. So years well, it can't years be years because it's got to be out soon. But um, but yeah. So so I think you've you've got your fair share of work. So I'm I'm cool with that. Good. Right. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> bye bye. The Fuji Cast is an independent loading zone production. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye.